2: Hello and welcome to the Broad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast,
0: Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I'm good. Just got a message from uh, Amazon that my uh, ibuprofen's going to be uh, delivered very soon. So uh, yeah, it's all going off like a frog in a sock here <laughs> at Shea Donaldson. It really, really has. <laughs> I love. I love every the the sort
2: of. If you start this podcast back in 2018, you listen to the earlier mm. episodes, you can hear like your life in your sitting room in a little <laughs> flat in Soho. And yeah. you can be like, oh, I've just come home and there's rubbish all over the flat. It's terrible. It's awful. And then, the, you know, there'll be like drunk people stumbling around out front. And mm. then, the, you know, there's just – but we've sort of progressed. And now you live in – then you lived in a country house, mm-hmm. a very nice in place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It
0: was wonderful. And now you're and, and now- somewhere
2: else. No, I'm somewhere
0: else. I'm I'm in in Essex near the beach. But the the thing that gets me, I drove down to Canvey Island yesterday. I didn't really know what Canvey Island was. So I was like, I'm going to go to Canvey Island because I can drive now. It seems weird, right? That I can. So my driving test was weird because I thought I'd failed. I thought I'd absolutely fucked it. I was fuming. 10 minutes in, I'm out of curb. Curb. Well, and and from 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 experience from your uh, one of your driving tests uh, because we're both in the two two pass club uh, the two two exam two test club um you you can't you can't clip curbs you can't mount curbs I can't. but I did the very smallest of slow kind of mountings of curbs and uh, I thought I'd fail at that point and that was ten minutes in uh, and so the, for the rest of the exam. I was fuming. I was fuming with myself. I can't believe I'd done it. I was so angry with myself. And I don't know what it is. It must have been me just being quite relaxed because I was so angry with myself. And I was just constantly just <laughs> like huffing and puffing and being really upset with myself. I can't believe I fucked it. And uh, and, the, and the driving uh, test man, the examiner, was... Um, Oh, he was he was like full of the joys of spring. And I was angry with him because I was like, he's taking me back to the test center and I failed. And he was asking me where he got my where I got my watch from, you know, this and that, like talking oh about God. how busy it is. And I genuinely thought I'd, I'd failed. Uh, and I got to the end and he said, uh, yeah, you passed. I was like, what? what? You mounted the curb and you passed the test. Did you, how much now money did I, you give him? Was
2: that a, a <laughs> sneaky
0: Pete Donaldson envelope well, branded in football? It wasn't really a mounting Ramble. of the cub, but it's st- it stopped the car. Like you know, I could feel that the car wanted to mount the cub, so it wasn't too. But and and it was like I was looking around. There was no one around. It was at one mile an hour. Um, that was his uh, his rationalisation for me. But I do find it fascinating that I can go from that chilling experience to now I can drive. Now I can drive where I want, <laughs> and it seems. It seems like there should be more to this whole driving situation. To be quite frank, I mean, I I, I can't believe you can drive. First of all, well done on passing. We didn't, we, <laughs> Cheers, mate. I mean, mate. you mentioned it in the last episode,
2: but I sort of we sort of brushed over it for some reason because <laughs> we, we it was dwarfed by you getting COVID. And uh, yeah. you can go back and listen to Pete's wonderful experience of catching COVID, Braun Japan exclusive. <laughs> but next exclusive, Pete passing his his driving mm. test. That means you can now drive in Japan. You just need to get an international driver's license, which yeah. I always found weird. Right that you just fill out a little booklet at the post office, put your photo in it, and then you can drive in Japan for a year. And there's no test. There's no kind there's of, no there's test. no test.
0: There's no further test. Terrifying.
2: My God. Terrifying unleashed On the roads of Japan, <laughs> mounting the curbs, running yeah. over everyone. Bloody hell. But uh, so how's it been? Like, it, it, have you been like, have you driven alone yet at all? No, well, d-
0: no, well, well. Actually, I must admit, I did, I did drive to Canvey uh, alone because I was like, well, I'm, I'm out of lockdown uh, mm. now, but you know, I still don't want to risk anyone's health, so I basically did a Dominic Cummings and just drove myself to, to a, <laughs> to a tourist spot and then drove back again because there was just nothing else to do. Maybe I'll do a tip run today. Maybe that I'll treat myself to a bit of a tip run. Get rid of some of those boxes we <laughs> got in the garden.
2: So you drove to canvey Island, which is just like a waste, isn't it like a wasteland in the River Thames?
0: I mean, it's it's. I was expect there's a lot of like caravans and stuff. There's like a big caravan park that I drove through, which kind of made, it it looked like um trailer park boys. <laughs> it kind of looked a bit like that, which is quite cool. I love but a it, caravan. I remember. I, I still remember very vividly
2: my first time driving a car alone, and um, mm. it was some really dodgy. I think it was like a Citroen or something. Where my dad let me borrow and mm. it's rubbish, but it was still quite exhilarating. Like just being like, wow, I can go where I want now. Like when yeah. I was growing up as a kid, the only dream I ever had was driving a car and just being free and then just going wherever I wanted. And mm. when I did get a car, I just went off the rails like, every day. I drove somewhere <laughs> pointlessly, aimlessly. I like, drive like 500. Life. Wow. I, remember I drove like 200 miles once just to go to McDonald's. And then I turned, <laughs> and, like I, I, that sounds dreadful now. in a time of that global does sound warming. dreadful. But I, I, I am the reason there's global warming. But uh, The man needs his nugs. I, I wanted to get there. And I, I, just, <laughs> I needed to reward myself somehow for passing my driving test. And it seemed like a fitting. Yeah. I, uh, actually, no, I, dra- I, I drove to McDonald's at Heathrow Airport because at the time I was very desperate to leave the UK. And I right. sat and ate my chicken nuggets. And I looked Watch at the British the pins, Airways flight. Yeah, it was magical. <laughs> and, and just look at where I am now. But uh, well sure. done, though. No, seriously, I, I hope you can actually enjoy that scene. Uh, <laughs> and, and frolic in a new car. What car have you got? Aston uh,
0: Martin
2: DB9. Yeah, Fiat
0: Five Hundred. Uh, oh, which, classy. Uh, which very classic. I, I love a Fiat. I love, I love a Fiat Five Hundred. Like, I'm, I'm not a car <laughs> driver. I'm not a big car fan. Uh, I can't be asked with the you know the, the the fancy the fancy numbers. I love a Fiat. I think they are yeah. I- iconic, iconic looking things.
2: Is it? Yeah, I've always wanted to drive one. How does it drive? Fiat Five Hundred.
0: Uh, I don't know cars at all. This is my first car, but uh, <laughs> if I was going to rate the acceleration not uh, to 10, I'd say it's a two. <laughs> it's, it, it works. You've got to work very hard to get up to speed. <laughs>
2: oh, dear. Uh, my first car was a proper car, was a Fiat Punto, and mm. it was a diesel engine, and it sounded like a lorry because it was diesel, <laughs> and it was made like 1995, and uh, it was so bad that to before you could drive it, you had to turn the key and wait 10 seconds for the engine to physically heat up to the point that it could be switched on. Um, (laughs) Uh, It was good fun, though. It was kind of fun like driving a car that you don't care if you smash it up, provided you don't Mm. die along
0: the way. But uh, no, I'm I'm very much not wanting to smash this one up. I love my little Fiat.
2: But I'm glad that you passed (laughs) the second time. From what I've understood from people I know that passed, uh, everyone that passed first time crashed very quickly. Everyone that passed second time, uh, a lot of people... I think just don't crash as often. If I passed yeah. my first time, I wouldn't have been ready. I would have crashed. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Like I needed yeah. another month of getting behind the wheel and practicing. It's, first, it's
0: so. very weird sort of being behind the wheel uh, of a small automobile uh, there where nobody else is in the in your car going, Pete, watch out for that car. <laughs> so, and you are very much needing to sort of really have your, have your wits about you, unfortunately. Absolutely. <laughs> and do you know the best thing to do in the car? Listen.
2: To Too Much Volcano. It sounds amazing yes. on a big speaker system. Crack that right, out, okay.
0: Drive <laughs> through the,
2: the, the mountains of Essex, listening to Too Much Volcano,
0: you know, feel like Because I've not been on holiday for such a long time, and some of my favourite holidays have been in sort of, Texas in the US, and uh, there's a very really poor uh, radio station called Chris Country. Sorry, excellent, <laughs> just in case they want to give me a job. Uh, Chris Chris Country, and I think it's short for Christian Country. And... All of the country music, this very commercial, uh, if indeed there are any uncommercial country music. I mean, there's some awful music out there. Just the most saccharine kind of by numbers uh, music and and, and bands that kind of weirdly come from like Yorkshire who go over to America and just play this very (laughs) asinine, very kind of like... uh, you know watery version approximation <laughs> of uh, of country music and uh, but i love listening to chris country in the uk because it chris puts in country. mind those kind of trips uh in, in, in across america where you know country's a big deal inexplicably so, you listen to that while you're driving through the hills of yes. England. Yes. Through Bloody the hills, hills of, uh, of Essex, listening to Chris Country, uh, listening to very British sounding DJs introducing your Garth Crooks and stuff. It's you can listen sick. to some Japanese radio. You probably won't have the faintest idea what's going on, but no. have that well, on. It'll be like I like J Rock. J Rock's pretty. J Rock's good. good. You can sort of link up very up my good,
2: actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a story this week from Luca. And it begins, greetings, guys. Uh, greetings, fried chicken king and coolish overlord. I'm Luca. I'm writing to share my story during my Japan trip before the COVID-19 situation uh, got serious. I was in a train heading, from, uh, heading to Corby Station to meet my friends for dinner uh, as I accidentally woke up at 6 p.m., after an overnight flight to Osaka, I quickly boarded the Hankyu line, and boy, was it packed there. While commuting like sardines, I was standing close in front of a high school girl. However, she looked as though she was very uncomfortable. I thought it could be my body odour from my sweat, but she caught my glance and silently said, "Tasukete." aka help me. Uh, as a former serviceman from the Singapore police force, I decided to check my surroundings and I noticed that a hand was actually touching her. As the train doors opened, I quickly grabbed the molester's hand, pulled him out and conducted an arm lock for handcuffing, only minus the handcuffs. He fell on the ground and I might have broke his nose from the aggressive action. The authorities came and took the noisy, sorry, and took, the, took, the, <laughs> took the molester away and I mm. was escorted to the police station to provide my statement. However, as my primary language is English, the Japanese police looked uh, as though they had a hard time understanding my statement. After the entire ordeal, the police told me in broken English, no more hit people, you are tourist. After leaving the station, I hurried to meet my friends. Even till this day, I don't feel accomplished after that. Uh, entire incident as from reading news articles in japan there isn't much punishment on males who assault women on trains i'm sincerely hoping the high school girl i helped was not too traumatized from the incidents now questions chris have you ever encountered an incident similar to what i experienced and do you find the japanese police are a little bit too lenient in punishing these disgusting men love the channel and the podcast regards luca yes they are very lenient luca and no i've not experienced it personally but i know literally uh every female i know has unfortunately and it's not good and we did have a very cathartic good on you luca good on you luca.
0: Good yeah, on yeah, first you, of all well
2: done luca um it's a shame that the police were like oh don't hurt people like fuck mm. off like honestly i bet they probably because yeah. he couldn't because they couldn't communicate in english i probably they probably thought luca was this thuggish singaporean <laughs> that's come over beating up a poor helpless salary man who was just just enjoying the train but uh mm. no i, I think. Um, it's, it's no doubt about it. Big problem. Um, I have know so many people that have had issues. Remember that time we had a story about a guy, even a guy who got fondled on a train. It's not just girls right. that happen, but it's, it obviously is overwhelmingly girls. But uh, we had a guy that happened to in I think Ibaraki or something. But um, we had a very cathartic story, didn't we, of a man who did something like this at Shibuya Station. He got shouted at. He then jumped on the railway lines and ran away from the police. He ran down the Mm. railway tracks and then he jumped off a bridge and broke his arms. Bloody surreal. What an idiot. What was he possibly thinking? How are you going to escape the police? Down the Just fucking run down area, the like. train
0: track, yeah. And they, uh, I think with Japanese, uh, the Japanese justice, justice system. Oh god, I'm so foggy. Covid. Uh, they, you know, obviously they've got that kind of amazing like 99% uh, conviction rate, and they're not going to take anything to trial. They're not going to take anything further because A seems mm. to be a lot of it going on, and B, like it's it's you know, there's no. If they if they feel comfortable enough to be doing that sort of thing on a train, chances are they're not getting filmed. They're not getting caught on camera because it's just a big mash of people on there, isn't mm. it? So yeah, it's it's difficult for the authorities. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a real fucking shame that people have to go through that. Especially you know high school students. Jesus Christ! I, I, Absolutely. Like uh, Luger says, you just hope that um, it hasn't uh, it hasn't affected in in the future.
2: I remember I was walking, I was with a friend in Daiso once and the uh, friend was a girl and she was shopping and I we kind of went our separate ways. I went to the toy aisle and played with the toys. Of course you did. 30, 30 year old <laughs> man, playing with the toys yeah. in Daiso. And she came over and she said, there's a man following me around Daiso. And I went, really? Are you sure? Like, seems a bit weird. There's cameras everywhere. Mm. And uh, I looked up and there was a guy wearing a hat and his head was down and he was like on the next aisle over looking like he was pretending to look at something. Um, but he was clearly like following her. And I was at first I was a little bit like, no, it's just coincidence. And so we walked from one side of the shop to the other. And then he appeared, we walked to the other Mm. side and like, we went from like plant pots to sweets, to bags, to paper. Like we went everywhere. Mm. And over the course of about 10, 15 minutes, he was always there. And and it was no doubt that he was doing something.
0: As soon as you get to, uh, you know, hit puberty, I imagine women just get this, like that, like a, a sense uh, of, of something, something's not right, because it frequently isn't right, you know. It's, well, it's, this, this it's, made me extremely
2: angry, and I felt kind of, I didn't know what to do, because I got really angry, and I wanted to punch the man in the face, although my, my visa was up for a new at the time, and I thought, that'll probably kill that and blow everything mm. wide open like I I felt very powerless and the way he was doing it he was very sneaky it's clearly fucking weirdo this is the sort of shit he did every day like because he knew what he was doing mm. he did it in such a way that he could sort of have some sort of plausible deniability like mm. he did it like he could be like oh no I was looking around the shop like if, if you if you reported him and said look at the cameras he could probably sneak his way out of it right mm. um, but I, I I caught him like maneuvering to sort of look at a uh, and I went right up to him. I stood, like, just right in front of him. And I was, like, just – I remember just – I wanted to say something to him, like, fuck off, like, just leave her alone. but, like, I just stood there and hoped he'd get the hint. And he did Stop after that, he did sort of uh, back away a little bit, but he was still there. He's still yeah. kind of looking. And, I, and then I started staring Pathetic. at him. And then he noticed me. At one point, there was almost, like, a sitcom-level scenario – where he was at the end of one of the aisles, looking about from about five meters away, and I stared at him. I glared at him. He caught me glaring, and then he sort of like popped his head back and disappeared behind the corner, um, like sort of moment. But like honestly, <laughs> uh, if it was the UK, I, I would have probably done something a bit more dramatic. And I, mm. I've always felt a sense of guilt over that that I didn't do anything more. But I don't know what I could have done apart from just shout, "Stop being a fucking." creep out loud and what and get the whole shop to notice. Like I think I I even pulled my phone out to sort of insinuate that I was gonna film him. But uh it it, honestly, yeah. So it does happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot and uh and seeing it like that, it was it was quite unpleasant. Like I, I feel sorry for everyone that has to deal with it. Um, mm. But uh, oh we need more Lucas who come here on holiday who don't have to worry about visas and can uh, <laughs> assault people who deserve it because they absolutely do. They really do. Uh, we've got a story this week. Last week we talked about uh, Japan's payment systems. We talked about Suica cards and how uh, Japan is moving into a, an era where we can finally pay for things. Uh, digitally it's very <laughs> exciting like in the UK right? we mm. use Visa debit machine where we can just tap our card right and all your money's gone Yeah, is it magical Pete do you like spending all your money <laughs> tap 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 I certainly do
0: it's very Miss- easy these days oh, isn't it? it I think they they up, the, uh, they up the contactless limit to 45 quid that's dangerous oh God. that is dangerous. dangerous tap 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 all your money's gone bye <laughs> Now you can buy Oh, you can't buy a video game
2: they're like 60 quid aren't they
0: yeah, you could probably like an man. indie video game. Oh, I, indie I think game. I, like I said last <laughs> time. <like laughs> the the only thing that I managed to do uh, under my illness was uh, play the video game Thimbleweed Park. <laughs> <And> next <laughs> I'm time you sit, a big thimbleweed. <laughs> next time you sick, you'll be able to play the, uh, the Journey Across Japan sixteen yes. bit video game. Looking Still forward to that. Still yeah, researching how the hell we're going to do it. But um, it's a long time to make games, Chris. <laughs> Longer oh. than a video. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster if it goes ahead. But anyway. <laughs>
2: So there's a, a payment system come out in Japan called PayPay, which I absolutely hate the sound of. It sounds very childish and annoying, but it's very big, and I've probably just destroyed any hopes of getting a sponsorship deal. But uh, a guy in Saitama has been stealing food from a store by making his phone pretend to say the, <laughs> the, the word PayPay. Pay. So when you do a <laughs> transaction, right, he goes, PayPay, does one of those annoying little noises. And it literally mm. says PayPay. Pay. This guy rigged his phone, so so it would say PayPay pay, even though he wasn't pay paying. He was just getting his phone. He recorded the noise, <laughs> and so basically, cashiers, the people at the cashier, were getting done. Like they were, they they, they mm. thought he had paid for it when he absolutely hadn't. Um, so this guy, uh, a restaurant owner, Takuya Takahashi, was arrested on suspicion of tricking a discount store into thinking that he had paid 8,200 yen, uh, $75 (laughs) worth of food over several visits in August last year. When using PayPay, the customer first scans the store's QR code with their smartphone. They then enter an amount of money and tap the payment button, completing the purchase and confirming the payment with a little voice saying, PayPay. When Takahashi was at the checkout, rather than tapping payment, he instead made his phone play a recording of the PayPay chime, tricking the cashier into thinking the payment went through. It would seem that the staff in question wasn't paying attention to the message on the screen and just cleared the payment after the audible pay-pay queue was heard. After some time, the store began to notice, uh, coming up short uh, at the end of each day, that, <laughs> that Takahashi had visited. Upon this realisation, they reported to the police investigation was launched, which resulted in his arrest while in custody. Takahashi reportedly admitted to the crime, saying that he was dealing with money problems, but crime doesn't pay pay. Uh, as wrong as it is, it's hard to <laughs> deny the cleverness and audaciousness that goes into pulling it off. I don't know how I
0: feel about this. On the one hand, I suppose it is crime, It's ingenious. It's it is. It is. I mean, It is ingenious. Yeah, but, but, I mean, it's just food, isn't it? Like, if he was stealing, you know mobile phones and stuff it is just food so good on him i say pay pay it's a funny little (laughs) he's he's done well there hasn't he ingenious absolutely ingenious
2: what at what point does it go from being funny food crime to
0: outrageous burglary that is (laughs) that is wrong morally at what point if you if you're taking two melon pans rather than just one (laughs) um you know you're in trouble <laughs> eight, I mean, eight thousand two hundred
2: yen. It's not a, a a big amount, but like, no. I think I think it's it's good in some respects because hopefully now, pay, pay will tell everyone. By the way, don't just go on the sound of
0: PayPay. Pay. Look at the fucking mm. machine.
1: Yeah, probably a lot of run people it properly.
0: I, I I like the f- I, I mean I I like the fact I always start every sentence on this bloody show. Like that. I like the fact, but the way that uh, Pepe, I presume, that would be omitted from the actual till itself rather than the mobile phone, would it be? Uh, so he's basically mimicking mimicking the sound of not only a mobile phone doing it, but also a till. So he, look, mm. the cashier is doubly to 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 blame. I think, in my opinion. That's a good point, yeah. The, the the sound should come from the little card reader mm. NF... Little dingle, NF, little yeah. dingle-dangle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's rumbled them. Very clever man, very clever man. Hope <laughs> very clever he, man. Uh, I hope he sorts out his money problems, and uh, I mm. hope paypay sits okay. up and takes notice before thousands, <laughs> if not millions of people exploit this massive, spectacular flaw. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll be back in a moment with the fax machine and your questions.
0: And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dolson? We got a message from Nate. Hello, Nate. Ohio hiya, Pete and Chris, guys. I'm currently planning our, hopefully, our uh, March 2022 trip to Japan. And given that we've had a lot of time to plan and replan, we've been given more thought to our Ryokan stay. My question is, though, how many days is a typical Ryokan stay? Do people typically stay for one night or if we stay for two days or more? Should we plan on going out during the day and doing things away from the Ryokan? Or should we mm. stay on site and just do our best to relax and wind down? I want to check with you guys to see if that would be doing it wrong. Cheers, Nate.
2: <laughs> I mean, on average, most people only stay one night at a ryokan, and you mm. sort of check in at three, you have a nice bath on the onsen in the hot spring, then you have a nice big dinner because they typically come with a lovely dinner, the best dinners you'll get in Japan, a kaiseki 500 course meal, and then you'll go in the onsen again and then in the morning you'll get up at about 7 or 8 a.m. Have Let me a- guess, go on the onsen. <laughs> Going the onset again, yeah. <laughs> Riotto gets up really early, typically. He gets up like five o'clock, uh, and then I you like get a, a nice multi-course breakfast as well, right? And the breakfast is typically mm. a big part of it. And then about nine or ten, you'll check out, job done, go home. And I think on average, like that whole experience would cost somewhere between two hundred mm. and fifty to three hundred fifty dollars. And it, you know, it's a fantastic little thing, like. Obviously, in Japan, people don't have that much free time. When they do have it, they don't have time to travel outside the country uh, like we do. Hmm. Well, I remember when I was a student, I just got on an EasyJet flight at 5 a.m., went to Zurich for the day and sat in Zurich and had some chocolate on a, on a little boat across a <laughs> lake. It was wonderful. But uh, in Japan, they're not in Europe. They don't have that luxury. And uh, <laughs> South Korea is the closest place. It's a little bit too far to have a day trip. Hmm. But um, So they do have these sort of day trips, these little one-night, two-day trip getaways to Ryokan. But uh, I think the only time you'd want to stay in a traditional Japanese inn more than one night would be if you are in a place or a city like Kyoto. Uh, like I read, I was reading about Steve Jobs in um, in Japan when he used to come to Kyoto and what he used to do. And there's a really nice uh, Ryokan, Ryokan in um, central Kyoto that he always stayed at, and he'd stay there like a week long and he'd love it. So if you're somewhere like Kyoto, then yeah, it's probably worth doing it or... Kanazawa or maybe even Hakone could be good for two nights, but for the most part, mm. one night is good. And it, if you do stay more than one night, the costs rack up very fast, and the food gets a little bit repetitive for dinner and breakfast as well. You have
0: know, mm. stayed at a few places, there, Pete? Right? I've stayed a few, a few different places. I think uh, just uh, booking, even sort of booking hotels quite late, ryokans usually you've got a good chance of uh, of, of of getting some. Um, a free room which is pretty good so yeah mm, I, I, um and and it doesn't matter how long you stay like nothing does chill like a ryokan nothing absolutely. does chill like japan it's uh it's very very restful if i was you know people who sort of spend thousands of thousands of pounds on uh, going to like a really expensive spa in this country mm, a very mm. an entry level um uh, ryokan in, in japan i always think is uh is of equivalent chill equivalent quality
2: <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I, I actually after journey across Japan, which after finishing the series and editing it and everything, I was really burned out and just not not in a great state of mind, and I needed a few days off. Mm. But uh, I was very spare at the moment, very spontaneously booked a New just north of Sendai um, in what was, the, what was it called? Oh, I can't remember the name of the resort. It might be Nakyu, but uh, yeah, I, I, I got one that had a. A, a nice outdoor bath in the room. Um, there was some mm. sort of discount. I think it came to two or three man. It was pretty reasonable at the time. And it was great. I checked in at three. I sat in the outdoor bath and just sat there and did nothing. And uh, then I had a lovely dinner and ate some sweets and watched some TV in bed. It was great. And I felt really Beautiful. rejuvenated by the end of it all. And uh, yeah, sort of the equivalent, as you say, of going to a spa in the UK, I think. You know? mm. I think for me, the idea of uh, going on holiday within the same country, I've always found that difficult to contend with in the UK because we just we just go to Europe, right? We just disappear hmm. to Europe. But uh, yeah, in Japan, the country is very well prepared for domestic tourism. They do a very good job of it. And hmm. uh, the service quality at the New Yorkans is always top notch and a great place to escape. Uh, we've got one here from Jor, it's spelled J-O-A-R, from Sweden. Cool. Jor or Jor. It's definitely your. Hello, Chris and Pete. I'm a long-time watcher of the channel, recently found the podcast. One of my favourite hobbies is powerlifting. However, my impression of gyms in Japan is that it's frowned upon to drop or slam weights and make noise. Have either of you ever experienced loud Japanese people in the gym before? Best wishes, you're from Sweden. What about you, Pete? I know you like coming to the gym in Japan all, all the time, um, <laughs> at least twice a week. What's yeah, your experience? Exactly.
0: Yeah, no. Look, I used to be a Mr. Pump Up back in the day. I, you know, I <laughs> I was in all right shape for 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 about. A you year. still are, and uh, and uh, sort of th- like I I find people who throw the weights down rather arrogant with that. I <laughs> I think I find sound and it's something that I really vibe with the Japanese people. um, Is that I I find noise quite arrogant. If you come in the room and you slam the door, you bash something, or you just sort of bellowing around. I think that there's a level of arrogance there, to be honest. And when people, like, Mm. they've done their pump and they throw it down on the floor and they go, ah, And it's like, (laughs) if you can lift it, you can put it down properly. Uh, It's always the signs in the gym. It always says, if you can lift it, you can put it down slowly and and properly. Um, So there's a little bit of me that goes, you shouldn't be slamming this stuff down ever. Wherever you are, for crying out loud! <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kind of witty on that one. I I, I started going to
2: Anytime Fitness, like everywhere. There, there's like three Anytime Fitness gyms in every city at the moment, and I hmm. uh, started going to one, and yeah, you, they're pretty loud. It's not like hmm. right. It's like it's not like your typical Japanese library style scenario where everyone keeps to right.
0: themselves, keeps quiet the powerlifters do drop the weights and it's very loud and very jarring. What uh, kind of music do they play? Like what kind of music do they play? Is it like kind of, I imagine the music they play is rather intense because Japanese pop music is rather intense. Kind of like hip hop R and B. It's foreign music. Yeah. yeah. It's all
2: right. But like everyone, I stick my earphones in and listen to too much volcano on repeat as I jog. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I haven't been in the gym in a while. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not good.
0: It's not good, Pete. Hey, look, you've, you're moving offices soon, so that's going to take yeah. That's, that's right. you lifting with your legs. You're going to be doing enough lifting, I think. Absolutely. We've got the Abroad in Japan
2: studio, ladies and gentlemen. We did get it. I uh, got the keys. I went in it the other day. It was great. I <laughs> rolled around on the floor. Um, I, before I actually do anything <laughs> with the studio, I'm going to get some um, some double glazed windows put in to cut the noise mm. outside. Because it is Sendai, you uh, you can hear like everything happening. Car parks, sirens, people, uh, <laughs> power lifters, you can hear them all. Yeah. So I'm getting the windows put in <laughs> so I can actually shoot in there. And then I'm getting a little wall put in around the entrance. Because right now, when you go into the studio entrance, you just walk straight into the studio. And I need some sort of like right. Genkan entrance place where you could take your shoes off. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's very exciting. I still, it still hasn't really dawned on me that I've just got a studio now. I don't think it'll dawn on me until I've Fun. got the furniture and the carpets in, which I'm not looking forward to. I'm I <laughs> I'm not the sort of person who gets excited about interior design. Really, do you? Do you, Pete?
0: No, no, when it's done well, I'm very excited by it. Uh, the last bit of interior design was <laughs> me when I lived in Arsenal about 10 years ago. Uh, we just moved out <laughs> in a house and I'd, uh, watched, uh, the film, uh, God, what a f- Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, the oh, uh, John McCarrey, uh, adaptation. And I was obsessed with having like a seventies style kind of office with old kind of like art deco lamps and, uh, uh, and a big filing cabinet and stuff. And every house move after that, I've, lugged this bloody filing cabinet around with me. So, you know, that was the last time I actually thought about my surroundings. Like right That's now, awesome. I'm building a studio and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, short up again, still wait for the upholstery, still wait that I rang and they, it, it was coming from Germany and it's not going to get here for a few days. I'm fuming, Chris. I am fuming. I swear everything you get from
2: Germany. I remember when you went to Sapporo it last is. year and filmed on your 8 millimeter camera. Took like three yeah. months for the German film developers to send it back to you
0: it's 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 a real issue uh you know it's a little bit of brexit i I think it's a lot brexit actually we forget how much stuff comes from uh europe like my my partner bought a lampshade and to pay Mm. like a good old customs charge, and i'm fairly certain that's got something to do with us leaving europe it's uh yeah it's 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 getting harder and no one's really sort of calling it what it is a real shit show (laughs) Shut up and pay more money for your lampshades. I just want me fabric. I just want me fabric, man.
2: (laughs) Well, as soon as the uh, the studio's kitted out, you'll be the first to know. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. Beautiful. I I think I said I want to get like an 80s style uh, backdrop. Uh, I'm building a set on one side of it that's going to be very much Mm. like a a premium production level quality set. So I'm not going to be building it or designing it, as you can imagine. But uh, it's going to be good. Like (laughs) I'm really going all out on this. Um, so I'm very excited. But more about that in a future episode. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com, guys. For now, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. And we'll be back to do it all over again in the next few days, right here on the abroad Japan Podcast. But for now, have yourselves a good one. Bye for now.
0: Ta-da! Broad in Japan is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator
1: Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.